It's the Craggy Rugby Podcast, the Saracens away edition. Connacht beaten 55-36, and that scoreline tells you the whole story of the game. We barely need a podcast, right? Yeah, absolute thriller. Connacht, stunning performance, and uh, Saracens very, very lucky to get the five points. No, not true. It's a strange game. The scoreline is a bit strange, but here is the highlights. Great start from Connacht. Then they sort of fell apart, but they dug in, got a bonus point. Really, really important to pick up the morale after the disappointment of the last uh, two games on the pod this week. Well, of course, you know, William Davis is with me. How are you, William? Cold, Rob, actually. Cold. We've been talking here a while. Yes, we have. We're recording this in reverse order. The actual chat we've done happened before this. People don't need to know that, though. Anyways, Alan Deegan, how are you? Yeah, yeah, I'm all right. I'm all right. Yeah, I'm happy, happy that Connacht didn't give up. That's what I'd be pleased by, is that they didn't give up this week. They seemed to give up last week I know they didn't but they seemed to do but at least this week they went on and they got their first ever try bonus in England I'm going to keep saying that people are going to get annoyed I'm going we've been we've played won two games since 1996 in England and one of those wins was in 1997 so like we've only had one win <laughs> one win in all that time really when you think about it so yeah I'll take any you know me I'll take any positive and uh, it is getting colder and colder here so uh Let's hear the uh, post-match interviews as well. Yeah, I got caught up with Pete Wilkins and I caught up with 200 cap man, Jack Cardy. Uh, Pete Wilkins, undoubtedly uh, a much improved effort for Connex, especially in an attacking context, despite the fact that it's such a high-scoring game. Yeah, look, I think we've got to be proud of the response. We were looking for character on, on the back of the previous week's game, which we talked a lot about. Um, we knew there'd be a lot of challenge you know, up against a quality team and uh, you know, we knew they'd test, them in, test us in different ways. So... You know, proud of the character shown. I think that reflects in the scores that we got and kept getting all the way through. Um, you know, past the 80th minute, but at the same time, disappointed by the scoreline. You know, uh, I think some of those opportunities we gave Saracens, particularly the end of the first half, early second half, um, were a bit too easy. And it, you know, it came from from some soft errors from ourselves. Um, and and a team like that, you can't give them that kind of momentum. Those errors seem to be coming on restarts. What's what's the, what's your look on there? What are you looking for? What did you say at halftime? And what will you be looking for going forward to be that bit more solid after getting big scores? Well, it, it, it's practice, practice, practice. I know that's boring, but in a restart sense, we just have to execute better. And, uh, you know, we made a slight change to the structure after the first couple today to give ourselves um, a bit more solidity on that side of the field where Saracens were kicking too. But at the same time, we're still getting errors. And, you know, there's a few moving parts in that, but we have to get better at that because um, ultimately, you know, they're big turning points in games when you don't secure that ball back into your own half and the platform it gives the opposition, you know, particularly a team like Saracens that will be very physical in that final third. Um, as I said, that, that's in that bracket of freebies that um, that, that isn't going to give you a, a chance to sort of keep keep tight games in that kind of arm wrestle and give yourself a chance to get back on top. That Itoje uh, yellow card opened the door, but you took your chance. Like a, a bonus point could be so important. Yeah, very important. You know, I was just asked there in an earlier interview, where does this leave us in the group? And uh, you know, I think we need to process that as the other games come in over the weekend. But you know, we've got to go out and win these next two games. You know, one's at home, obviously against Bristol, which we'll go after. Leon away will be a great challenge, but you know, one that we'll see some opportunities for. So, bonus point today is um, you know is something that could be all be a factor come the end of those stages. I could make a case to you that both Saracens and Bordeaux could win this competition. Are you feeling that step up? from what you might have been seeing in the early stages of this season? I think certainly you can feel it, it, it's another level when you get into the Champions Cup, particularly playing teams like this, um, you know, in terms of littered with internationals, but just that absolute clarity about how they play the game, their ability to squeeze you, even when they're not necessarily playing well or, or they're having a quieter moment in the game, their ability to turn the screw 
and reverse momentum. I, I think you know it's um, in many respects it's international quality, and, and they're the players have got in the field. So you know for us it, it's a great learning experience, but but we can't use it as learning. You know we've got to use it as motivation. We've got to use it as a chance to get better. Um, but what we're seeing across these two games is that the group are learning and, and we are responding in the right way. And as long as we've got that character and fight, then we put ourselves in a position to um, you know to do something with our rugby. And uh, so that that character and fight was there this. This weekend, and um, you know we, we've got to make sure that it, uh, that intensity never drops. Are you confident that Connacht can make an impact, can belong in this competition? I know that they're there on Murish. I know that you know they're definitely better than five or six teams in it. But like what we're talking about is win a game, contest for a knockout stages. After what you've seen in the last few weeks, do you feel yeah we can really make ourselves because you, you need to do more, obviously, to to, to put an underline such a comment. Like, yeah, I mean, first and foremost, we, we have to keep striving for that. You know, that's got to be our goal is to be competitive in this competition and get out the group stages and, and to be able to make a mark. Like That's the ambitions of the place, ambitions of the club. Um, you know, at the same time, you, you do that by, um, by, by getting outcomes even when you're not particularly playing well within games. You do that by coming to difficult places and getting, getting losing bonus points. Um, you've got to earn the right. And, um, you know, for us, it's where we want to be. Um, it is a challenge. You know, after this, we go straight into Ulster and Munster, which are two pretty important games in the context of our URC season, as well as the, uh, you know, obviously the Interpro uh, bragging rights. Um, so there's, there's no easy games. I know that's a massive cliche, but um, this is where we want to be testing ourselves. And if it means we have to use more depth in our squad and have to rotate players a little bit more, um, you know, then so be it. But, but this is where we want to be. Six-day turnaround, huge game against Ulster. Flight coming home tonight helps, doesn't it? And obviously it's good news that the likes of Shane Bolton's getting through 80 minutes. Gavin Thornbury's return will please a lot of Connick fans. Those kind of details are so important. Yeah, they are. I think, you know, for, for Gav, as you mentioned, it's a year to the day since he had that knee injury and he's fought his way back. And, and uh, you know, he deserved deserved to be in the starting lineup tonight. And I thought he did self-credit after that amount of time out. Shane Bolton, I thought, was terrific first start of the season. Um, so they're real positives for us. And, um, you know, you need that sort of competition for places. You need those guys who are, are putting their hands up, even when they're coming off periods of not playing games, um, in order to cope with this sort of schedule, particularly at this time of year. So, uh, as you said, six-day turnaround. We travel home tonight. We'll get home in the early hours of the morning. Um, and we'll review hard and, and, and we'll, we'll look to, to get the learnings from that on Tuesday and, and train through next week and off to Ulster for, for Friday night. And, um, you know, we, we don't get any more excited than playing Ulster up there. Never stops for you, does it? Munster then after that. It's all go. It doesn't. And, and as I said, that's where we want to be. We can't complain about it. It's exciting games and, and, and they're big games for us, but, but very important for the club and we've got to keep performing. You're feeling better today, are you, overall? Or are you, are you going look, to it, defeat? It's a step forward, it's a step forward from last week. I, I think the defeat's always going to be incredibly disappointing, mm-hmm. particularly with that kind of scoreline but it, it is a step forward for us um, and uh, you know we've got to kick on from here uh, Jack Hardy Hardy congratulations on your 200 cap uh, an individual accolade that is, is stunning really I mean when you started playing rugby I'm sure you could never imagine such a, a long career with Connacht uh, no certainly not I think obviously uh, the manner in, in, in the defeat I suppose today probably kind of overshadows it I think it's something when uh, when I finish that I look back on on fondly um, the names I suppose who've who've done it previously before. Um, yeah, just trying to kind of put it to the, the back of my head um, of for the for the majority of the week. I think when I, when it was my hundred cap, I remember we were playing Gloucester, and I think there was a, made it out to be more than it was, and uh, unfortunately didn't have the the game that I'd wanted. But um, yeah, I think it's something that when I look back when I'm finished, be something I'll be immensely proud of. Like I, I want to be careful because like, because of the way Connick fought back from a really 
bad situation of 43-17, got a bonus point and even finished with a try. You can see from the Connacht fans at the end, they feel better after last week. There's a bit of an uplift. There's no one suggesting for a second that you're happy with a defeat, but that is something, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it's kind of, I suppose, mixed emotions because of the fact, you know, we shipped 50 plus points again this week. Um, I think, you know, there was obviously conversations underneath the sticks in terms of what sort of team we said we were going to be and want to be. And I think it was, uh, I suppose, we were at a crossroads. We could have kind of folded and, you know, maybe what had happened historically, we, we probably wouldn't have pulled it back. So I think, you know, many teams come here and don't get, uh, get don't get anything. The fact we got that probably give us something to play for after Christmas in terms of Europe but I think the the piece that we need to kind of attend to is probably the, the amount we're conceding um, and giving teams like Saracens access I think especially in the first half the latter part of it we uh, you know we gave them too much momentum and can you give it to good teams like that they just take will take their opportunities I'm looking at that first half where you're 17-8 up and I'm thinking to myself like this is as good as you could hope for 28 minutes in you've repelled them three or four times you're on 22 scored two hard working tries for the pack what was going right and what changed in that last 12 minutes um, I think it was just probably we weren't accurate in terms of we know how good they are with their box kick game it's what they practice they receive kicks they'll build a box kick and then they'll go really hard after that breakdown we'd, re- we'd, re- we'd previewed it and I think we gave away two penalties resulting from our restarts they kick to us and then they go after it which gave them access then to our 22 um, and we just I suppose repelled three of them, I think it's a lot to ask to do that constantly constantly so um, I think it's about when you're playing teams like this keeping them as far away from your, your try line as you can and not um, inviting them into your own errors it feels like a big difference to the URC. I mean, with all due respect, it'd be the same in the Premiership, same in the French Championship. When you get to this level, especially against teams that have won the competition or are close enough to being serious contenders like Bordeaux, it's unforgivable, isn't it? It's ruthless. Like. Yeah, look, it's, it's different, I suppose. Uh, you, you, you make a mistake and knock on or give away a penalty anywhere within your, your half. You know, they're kicking to the corner and then you're defending malls, which uh, we did really well initially. And then... As I said, there's only so many times you can give big packs like that opportunities and access to your 22 and entries. Um, so, yeah, it's something that we definitely have to improve upon. This can go either way now. Two huge pros. We've seen in the past Champions Cup takes a lot out of Connacht and it can slip through Christmas. You obviously want to stop that happening. You want to get a turnaround here. Yeah. Um, yeah, look, it's, it's obviously been a, a massively intense and long block, I think. Um, with Ulster, I suppose we've historically we've done pretty well up there. I think if we can bring the same bounce and energy we've had today um, and clean up, I think a few bits in terms of getting out of our half and giving them access, like Ulster do, to be fair, play quite similar to to Saracens in terms of they've got a big mall threat kicking game. I think if we nullify that um, and we win next week, it'll propel us, I think, to the second half of the season to 2024. Look, uh, we'll maybe talk about it another time, but well done today on the accolade anyways, and it's great to see you back Cheers, in the pitch. Rob. Thank you. William, what, what do we have there? A 19-point margin between one of the serious title contenders and the Connacht side looking to establish themselves in this competition probably is about right. Yeah, I think so. I think Saracens were uh, hot favourites to win this. Kind of give a reasonable account of themselves. Uh, scored five tries, picked up your bonus point. Uh, they made a lot of silly errors. Small things cost them again. They seem to struggle with kickoffs uh, when their ball has been kicked to them. Just little mistakes in Saracens. I think always felt they had the game in control. When they were 17-8 down, they upped the pace and uh, they played well from there. 
But Connacht stuck in it. They 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 were much more competitive than they were last week. They asked a few questions, and generally they have given themselves an outside chance of qualifying for the round of 16. They'll need to win with a bonus point in Lyon and win at home against Bristol with a bonus point. That's in January, so the focus now will change to two big URC uh, Interpro games. But they've got a toehold in Europe, uh, and it, it has shown how difficult it is. Um, I don't know what to make of a game like this. I mean, you you look at that and you think, wow, high-scoring, brilliant, and all the rest of it, but I'm not sure. Yeah, exactly. I'm not sure like if we're overseeing like a, an absolute hammering for Connacht or if we can, like we have done in the immediate aftermath, latched on to a bit of character shown in the comeback and maybe a very good first half hour as well overall. 17-8, they led around 28 minutes. Yeah, these games, not all of them. I mean, Leinster and La Rochelle last week was not uh, what you would call an open game. But you do tend to get these games in this competition now and teams tend to go for it at home, maybe send a weaker side away. Bristol have done that this afternoon. We're just keeping an eye there in a bit of bother at halftime in Le- uh, in um, Bordeaux. Bordeaux. So it's it's really hard to get a read on it. Um, that was a mad game today in some ways. I mean, it's you wouldn't see many games like that in the URC in, in an entire season where you, you have 55, 36, 91 points scored. Uh, I don't know how many tries in total, but they had to make a little bit of a statement after last week. Uh, it was a shoddy performance at home, really missed. I think maybe their heads were messed with after Leinster, at least today they've come out with something and they've played a little bit of rugby, but they've still a long way to get back to the sort of rugby they were playing against Glasgow only a few weeks ago in the URC. And, you know, Ulster next Friday night in Belfast, New Year's Day at home to Munster. they got to win both of those games, you feel, in the URC, and they're off that pace at the moment. Different competition. Interpros are completely different. Um but a lot of things to be fixed. Alan, you'll do the stats. Williams, I don't know how many tries. I think it's 8-5 was the try count, but at one point it was 7-2 when it was 43-17. You know, let, let me give you a summation of the game from my perspective, which is Connacht fired up by a really poor performance last week, made some changes, came out, and executed a couple of really impressive attacks, scored two tries, really established themselves quite well, and then Saracen upped the ante and overwhelmed Connacht. 35 unanswered points either side at half time and if it wasn't for Mario Oje losing his discipline for the second week in a row with a high challenge I don't think Connick would have got the bonus point but once given the opportunity to score two lovely tries and added another one right at the end so there's character there and there's something to build on but it did feel once again for the second week running that the top top teams in Europe are just really too hot to handle for Connick oh, They certainly are Connick had the game at, you know, with, with 10, 10 minutes to go in the first half the PA had to, had to ask the crowd to cheer for their team because they were so quiet and the crowd gave one of the bigger cheers so obviously they like to be entertained rather than support as I would see it because it's up to the supporters to get behind the team but they changed their their intensity they upped their intensity and Connacht didn't quite live with it and made a couple of mistakes um, and just didn't deal with the pressure that was put on them 
I'm not sure whether that was they, they weren't used to the systems the fact that they made nine changes again this week how that went um, guys weren't quite as in tune with each other as they possibly could have been um, but you're looking at a situation that once Saracens got annoyed and up to the intensity Connacht weren't able to deal with them um, but what you would like to or what you, you are pleased to see is that last week when Bordeaux did it Connacht weren't able to do anything and decided not to this week at least they tried and kept going and have scored their first ever try bonus in England and scored the most points they've ever scored in a match in England and I was talking to one of the commentators from her earlier on and he said it's not too many times we'll come to Saracens and score five tries that's true but I do concern myself about you know I'm thinking back to maybe 18 months ago when Leinster just completely overwhelmed us in the Aviva Stadium in the, in the knockout game in this competition and I, I'm thinking to these these two games as well I just feel like it's such a different world than five years ago when yeah. Connick could come into it and really rattle teams and really really put themselves about whereas now it just seems like they're not able to compete at times I think the reason being the teams that we used to play back then didn't come fully loaded didn't come worried about Connacht. Connacht worry teams now way more than they ever did. And now you're getting full-on teams. They're, they're, they're picking their best sides to take us on because we are actually have moved up another level. Now we need to go another level again, which is kind of hard to do when you don't have the finances and the financial backing and you don't have the resources coming through um, all the way. Because we're a small. We're a small club. We're a small team. Um, um, and with big they, ambitions, though. With big ambitions, and, and, absolutely. And, and you see, I, I don't think these players think that they're... No, you know, of course not. Below these teams, so that's the tricky bit. Is yeah. like if they want to, if they want, like I, I think they'll admit that if they were to win here or win last week, they'd be they'd be kind of punching a little bit. But they think that's in them. Yes, um, they're going to have to do better on the basics if they're going to do that. Like yeah, they they can't stop. You know, they can't stop kicking to the most effective. You know, the the the, the kickoff is a, a new set piece or a, 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 the third set piece. You've scrums, lineouts, kickoffs. And our kickoffs, you don't want to kick it to the most effective catcher of a ball in Europe, probably, in Mariatoje. And what do we do? We kept kicking it to him. And you're going, no, there is another side of the field you can use. If he's on one side, you just kick to the other side. Why not change that up? Why not look at what you're doing and go, OK, let's think on our feet a little bit here. Yes, our plan is to go to the right. Mariatoje is there. Well, let's change it up and have a plan B and see what we can do there. And once we brought on the new players in the second half, they definitely brought something to the game. They definitely helped change things up. Joe Joyce again? Joe Joyce again. I was also impressed with, with Michael McDonald. I thought the speed of pass that he brought definitely brought a new level to the backs, gave him a little bit more time and space. Tom Farrell had a cracking game. On yeah, what I liked about Farrell, just to jump in there, he's firefighting. I mean, whenever mm-hmm. someone's in a bit of trouble and the ball pops up, it's Tom Farrell that's there to tidy it up. He scoops yeah. balls off the ground and he gets on the front foot. There was one point where he took a ball way behind the gain line. He was snagged. Mm. How he wrestled his ankle free from the tackle, I don't know. Had he been tackled, turnover penalty guaranteed. Yeah. But instead, Connacht were on the front foot. I, I think that's what Farrell brings. It's, the, it's those extra little details in the work and yeah. you can trust him to be your firefighter. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and you're looking at a situation where we're, we're talking, trying to find some positives out of this 
because they were hammered. There's no question. Yeah, were hammered. I think that's important because um, people will look at the scoreline. Not everyone was watching this at one o'clock in the Saturday afternoon. Exactly. Uh, and it, you, you know yourself, if you switched on, you'd be like, God, I have to watch this. This must have been amazing. It yeah. wasn't amazing. It had moments, but it was a one-sided yeah. game where Saracens opened the door with a bit of little discipline and Connacht took their opportunity, which is why we're a bit yeah. encouraged by yeah. that factor. And, and the fact we didn't give up. That's, you know, for me as a Connacht fan, I'm looking at you know, do the guys fight? Do they go hard? Do they keep playing? Do they keep working for each other and trusting one another? And they did. Even though they were making mistakes, they got back on the horse and they went again. And that's a good sign for later in the season. William, I still don't really know where Connacht are at. Like, are they better than last year? Last year, Connacht were technically a top four side because they beat Ulster and they deserved their place in the top four. If we're really being honest, based on the table and everything, top eight, which was great. Um, are they still that in the URC? Are they getting any closer to bridging the gap to the big, big teams? Well, if you get to a semi-final that you should have won, you have bridged the gap last earlier on this year. Uh, they should have been in the final, effectively, uh, against Munster. And uh, that came through momentum. They backed themselves into a corner and they had to win six games out of seven, and they won six games in a row. Um, it's not as easy to do that this season. There needs to be a more disciplined approach to performances and they need to uh, they need to win games now, they can't assume that they'll just keep picking up wins I mean the last three games of the season in the URC are two away Interpros and a home game against the Stormers that's a much more difficult run of games than they had last year um, on their day, yes, I think they can beat anybody. Um, not in this competition, though. Not oh, not in this competition. No, this but we're com- back to the URC for a second, so that's fair enough. Keep going, yeah. Yeah, we're in the URC, uh, which is really the main competition. I'm not Why, why do you say that? Is, is, it, is it the main competition because everyone should make it the main competition, as in your domestic, technically, to use a phrase? This, or is it that every, like, everybody puts, where Connick can be competitive? Everybody puts their domestic competition, with very few exceptions, ahead. If you look at the French teams, there's a couple of French sides um, get involved, but a lot of the French sides kind of go, mm, we're not sure. Um, England is probably the same. A lot depends. I mean, look, Saracens are top of the table in the Premiership, so therefore they can't afford to go at this game. But they picked a very strong side. There was other people injured that would have probably have started for them. Mm. Connacht's role in this competition is to effectively find a way to get into the round of 16, get into the knockout stage. They made that very difficult after last week. You have to win your two home games. Um... You can also use it as a springboard, um, but you don't use it as a springboard when you've lost two games and only picked up one point. And so, ultimately, we're talking about one big loss at home. Yes. Uh, you know, because today was absolutely the hardest fixture of the entire lot. It looks like it, because you would feel that they have a chance of beating Lyon in France, and again, will depend what where Lyon are on that particular day. Bristol coming to Galway might have nothing to play for. Um... But this was always going to be very difficult, and it was made more difficult by the fact that they didn't get the um, the job done last week. In the URC, I think there are ten teams chasing eight places. I think there are some. I don't think any of the Welsh sides are going to get into the top eight. I just don't. Scarlets managed to lose to the new Georgian team yesterday, yeah. so they're in uh, a, a lot uh, of teams. And, in and Cardiff are in this competition. I don't know how they're going to do, but they were beaten last week by Toulouse. Combination of Toulouse seconds and thirds, fifty-two-seven away. Um, so I think uh, I'm going to give you a key game 
It's a long way off. It's the 30th of March, 2024, Easter Saturday, 1pm kickoff Irish time, away to Benetton. That game is going to be absolutely key for Connacht because they are going to be scrabbling with the likes of Benetton, maybe Edinburgh. That's where the pressure is. You've got to try to force yourself into that. There are a lot of winnable home games coming. But after the Leinster failure, and it was a failure, they had that game in their hand, what they have to do against... They need to pick up a game now. Ulster is the game next Friday night. So there's a lot of pressure, um, and people are asking questions, but there's also a lot of expectation. The expectation came from last season, and so far they haven't fulfilled the expectation. I agree with what you say about the uh, the players... They have to feel they can come here and win. Otherwise, yeah. there's, there's no point. Yeah, exactly. But you also have to have a dose of reality and say, look, it's going to be very difficult. Um, you need a bit of a Bordeaux attitude, but then they turn up with three. three. I mean, Damien Pinot is one of the best players in the world. And I mean, he had a phenomenal game. You know, he only scored one try, but he was causing chaos for, for Bordeaux last week. Uh, I think we'll know an awful lot more about Connacht when they've played the next two games. All right, uh, we'll just have a little general chat to finish, but I, I want to bring it back to Alan and say, you know, one thing that's striking me is, what is Connick's best team? And I wonder, will we see it over Christmas? Because for sure, Damien Pinot is one of the best players in the world. You know, Bundyaki, Mac Hansen, Finley Bealham, they're some of the best players in the world too in their own positions. Um, if Connick can get their best team out there, what's achievable against Ulster and Munster? Will we see their best team? Well, I'd hope to see their best team, but you look at someone like um, Gavin Thornbury coming back and having a really, really yeah, impressive display. Um, so you're looking at, well, what is our best team? We're not quite sure. The coaches don't know, and we're not necessarily sure, because who, who do you pick? Well, there's a lot of changes, and we've discussed that. There's yes. an awful... There's, it's very transient at the moment, but like people are wondering, is it time to kind of tighten Settle that down, a little yeah. bit? Yeah. Well, because you're looking at, for, for me, the best number eight this season would be Sean O'Brien. And yeah, we haven't seen, we haven't for seen weeks. him for three or four weeks now, you know, yeah. and, and you're sort of going, okay. And then Sean Yance, you have to give that lad a chance because he's, you know, come from New Zealand. I know he, via England, but he still takes time for lads to come in and settle down a little bit and get used to new systems. Um, I think that's part of the problem that we've we've got a new coaching team where we're trying to do new things and they haven't quite figured out where our settled teams. And maybe they, I just have to say, okay, for the next three games, we're just going to pick roughly the same 22. Um, I'd like to see more of Michael McDonald at Scrum Half because I'm worried that Blady's playing an awful lot of rugby and the season is quite long. Um, we can't afford to have him gone near the end of the season when we really, really need him. Because I agree with William, I think there's a lot of winnable games after Christmas that will keep us ticking along in the in the URC. Um but yeah, I think we can go to Ulster and win. Um, and if we don't think we can win at home against Munster, why are we playing? <laughs> I love it. William, Andy Farrell, signed up again. I mean, look, at the end of the day, same old World Cup quarterfinal failing on paper. But is it fair to say you got to look beyond that now? This was much, much better. Things are in a much better place. Yeah, I think, um, I think that was an inevitable decision. And I think they nailed him before anybody else could come looking for him. Um, I think England would be delighted to have him. I know they got to the World Cup and they got further than us, but uh, his son was playing well here this afternoon. Um, he's a very driven young man. Um, he'll also coach the Lions in 2025. I don't have a huge issue with um, him. Um, I, I think it's a. Good, I think it was inevitable that he was re-signed, and 
It's it's big news. Uh, probably the last bit of big news that David Nussi Four is going to be involved with before he moves on. Snyman decision seems to have been driven by Nienbar, who's um, taken over at Leinster. It also shows the power that they have monetarily. I don't know whether it's a good decision for Ireland or not. I mean, this guy has barely played for Munster. Um, so there's a lot of questions around that. So it'll be interesting to see if that does get signed and sealed and delivered. Leinster usually get what they want. But that's been a talking point this week as well. And um, also worth noting the fact that there was Connacht players involved yesterday in the under-20s who... Four Connacht players four, yeah. for the second season in a row, one or two have overlapped. Like, that's incredible. I, I don't, like, every so often, every three or four years, you get a little burst. And that's brilliant. And the academy's doing very well to do that on a smaller population. But just really encouraging. Maybe it's a bit of luck, but I'm sure it's a lot of hard work. There's a lot on. of hard work going on behind the scenes in the pathway systems that underage, under 16, 17, 18. That's how these players come through. They're target identified. And there's good work going on in Connacht. Um, and being a successful under 20s player doesn't mean you're going to make it as a full-time professional. But it's oh, No, it's but if you're, if you're growing up in... Uh, the city of Goy, rural Connacht, Roscommon. Look at Darren Murray. Look at him out there today. Four starts in a row, two in the Champions Cup. The opportunities that young sports stars have in the west of Ireland. We know the GA has an incredible setup from the Connacht GA right through to Goy, Mayo, Roscommon, Sligo, Leitrim. They're all spending huge money on their centres of excellence. But Connacht Rugby as a professional organisation, Goy United as a professional uh, organisation, there's a lot of positives about sport in the west of Ireland before we even begin to talk about basketball, rowing, all those other elements. Well, uh, These the, are huge the, the opportunities. Main, the main issue that rugby has is these guys can make a career out of it and that's the, that's what it's the selling that's, point isn't it that is the selling point it's 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 a matter of that you can make a reasonable to a very good living uh, and be a professional sports person and that's that's the attractor I think and very quickly as I said about Darren Murray you can find yourself playing regularly at the highest level of club rugby in, in, in the world really yeah I think I think that's sometimes that that's undersold a little bit I mm. mean these, I mean, to go to the sports ground last week was a chastening experience for Connacht supporters, the Connacht team, the Connacht management. But to get to see players like Damien Pinot playing in the sports ground, and they, they turn up regularly. There'll be some South African World Cup winners here at some stage later on in the season, you would hope. Stormers might turn up with a pretty uh, funky team come May. And that's, that to me, is maybe sometimes not used as much of a selling point. Uh, you know, Come and see these guys. They're here. They're they're strutting their stuff. And Bordeaux strutted last week. They came. We're going to win this game. They weren't a French side that came and said we don't know we don't know what's going to happen. They knew what was going to happen, and they were set up to win. And it's just the fact that Connacht really didn't get to take part in the game at all. So at least today, you know, watching Owen Farrell, some of the things he did, some of the things he did were poor. His goal kicking was poor. His attempts at chipping the ball forward, a couple of them were shambolic. But then occasionally he just produces a little bit of magic and you go, yeah, that's why he's a Lions test starter. That's why he's played 112 games for England. And it's a great opportunity to see the best in the world and uh, it's a privilege to get to watch it and talk about it. Right, that's pretty much it for us. There's no point of trying to predict the Ulster game right now because we'll do that during the week. Right now, though, Connacht are flying home as we record this week. Pete, 
uh, Wilkins was talking to me afterwards and he said, we'll be reviewing this on the flight home and we'll be already setting ourselves. It never stops. Munster, I do believe there are some tickets available. You better get in fast because it will sell out. Uh, what a big day that will be on New Year's Day. But hopefully Connacht can build on that second half uh, late comeback and try and get a result next week. Thanks, Alan. Thanks, William. Thanks to you for listening, folks. Loose, cut it loose. Break out or nothing changes. Sad and confused. Don't wait until.